stop praying as if he's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, pray with the confidence that God hates sickness and death and disease and social injustice and all that stuff more than you do. Mm-hmm. And that he actually wants to do something about it way more than you do. And it's going to give you a confidence. And because you know he's raised from the dead, he's done the impossible, you walk out into a society that's like straight up giving up hope right now. And you're actually this person who's like a shining light. After months of waiting, this is Into the Fray. I'm Austin. I'm Robbie. And to loosen up, to do a little podcast warm-up, okay. I came up with some rapid-fire questions. Just, okay. Just four. Um, how do you place your toilet paper, over or under? Over. Okay. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Should macaroni and cheese be eaten with a spoon or a fork? Ooh, I eat it with a spoon. Really? I do. Now, listen, if I've got a fork, I don't have like a fork and a spoon and eat stuff separate. Yeah. So if there's a meat that needs to be cut or whatever else, but if I can eat everything on my plate with a spoon, I'll eat it with a spoon. Wow. No problem, yeah. I was trying to visualize that when I like... You know why, though? Yeah. Okay, so if if it's some like cheesy, like dripping cheesy macaroni and cheese, I'm getting all of it. See, it's going through the fork. It's going in between the cracks kind of thing. Not in the spoon. You're okay. getting all of it. I get that. <laughs> but no, I'm not swapping up one utensil for that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes more. I've had some more dry macaroni, I think. <laughs> That's all I could envision was that. We didn't get it out of the box, dude. Yeah. Real stuff. Yeah. Uh, are books better than movies? No. Okay. That's me. I, and that's I'm terrible. I'm but I'm a visual movie fanatic. Like, I love movies. My wife and I, I, we've had several people, uh, and uh, it was so funny, man. Um, like Keith Purvis and uh, Mr. Joe, which is John's dad, was like, you got to watch Chosen. You got to watch The Chosen on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Kind of and they were like, everyone was like, but we kind of heard that you didn't watch that kind of stuff because, you know, it wasn't just <laughs> Bible. I'm like, who's saying this? Like, where am I getting this rap from? Like, I've never said anything like that. Um, it was funny. So we watched it, you know. And uh, it was awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a visual person. I just am. I love movies. Um, I don't have to read the book before the movie or vice versa. I just hate the movie. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I thought, as always, uh, the movie's obviously better, hence why they made it after the book. Oh, okay. the book wasn't good enough. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that was good. <laughs> Well, expecting that one. So, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> All right. So, years ago, there's this conference called the MLK 50 Conference. Okay. You remember that? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, the Gospel Coalition put it on. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, they had some of the best preachers, John Piper, Charlie Dates, Chandler. And those sermons are, like, super good. Yeah. Like, I, I know I've shared one of them with the leadership here. Um but the problem came up that some people uh, had, which was that Martin Luther King wasn't a real Christian because of his views on the resurrection. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's other things too, but that, yeah. that was one of the big ones. Um, because Martin Luther King Jr., he couldn't get into a conservative, theologically conservative co- uh, college or seminary mm-hmm. because of 
the racial issue. Yes. And so the only colleges that would accept them were liberally, liberally theological. Mm-hmm. Or what? Yeah, I think I twisted that. Theologically liberal. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets trained up there. Mm-hmm. And then there's stories about how he kind of... Uh, got more into the social gospel space and he didn't uh believe the bible was literal he didn't believe i guess a lot of some of the orthodox christian truths that we have around like inerrancy and Mm -hmm. uh whether the resurrection actually happened whether there's a virgin birth all that stuff Mm -hmm. but then there's a story you know i tried to find it and i think it's under the stanford uh papers they did like this whole basically like biography of him and you can find it online but some of the preachers mentioned it at this conference and they talked about how when martin luther king's back was up against the wall dealing with all the strife and the hate and kind of getting burned out from his fight and his movement uh that that was the moment where he came back to his father's faith because mm-hmm. it was the thing that gave him hope and his dad was like very theologically mm-hmm. conservative, and so there's uh, a lot of people in the black church truly believe like Martin Luther King. He he was genuinely a Christian. He had a moment where he like he departed, mm-hmm. but he came back, mm-hmm. and he did literally believe Jesus raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that with this topic because obviously we're talking about the resurrection, but uh. One of the reasons I found that Stanford Papers study was during a time where I was struggling with the resurrection. I had mentioned it mm-hmm. on my podcast, which was like a year ago, which yeah. is crazy to think of. Yeah. Um, where I just got to a point to where I was like, you know, maybe, like, what if I've been reading my Bible wrong this entire time? Mm-hmm. And what if, um, just what, what if I, I was taught how to read the Bible wrong? And that's why I've always read it this conservative theologically way. What if these liberal theologians have a point? And so I kind of go through a season where I'm like, I don't really know if I believe in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. It's literal. And I think even the virgin birth to some extent, but I I didn't really focus on that. It was the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And me and my boss was talking this week about how there's that line in James where he says, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't up until about two years ago where I felt like my belief in the resurrection was like true belief. Mm-hmm. I think growing up, I was always taught it. And so like you naturally like just fall in line. Yeah. I become a Christian. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Like mm-hmm. the piece fits right together. I, I don't see a problem with it. Mm-hmm. As I get older though, I'm not really feeling like a full it's not one of those doctrines that I felt like really hit me hard and it changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. Like we had those moments where there's like, know, we're reading our Bible and we had this epiphany moment and we're like, oh my gosh, this changes everything. Mm-hmm. Some people do it with Calvinism or whatever, soteriology or end times or whatever it is. For me, the resurrection did not do anything. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, he, he raised from the dead. Yeah. Like, let's move on yeah. to Paul and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then two years ago, uh, my dad relapsed. Mm-hmm. And I'm at this moment where I'm like struggling with hope and I'm struggling with 
you know, could, could God actually do something miraculous with my dad? Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's been a recovering addict for years and years, for basically as long as I've lived. Uh, he's had relapses before. And this one just felt like it was, there's no hope. Like he ruined his marriage. He ruined relationships with his kids. Um, and the whole time I'm just thinking like, but I'm a Christian. I can't give up on my dad. Like there's something, like the spirit is in you and it's like, you, it nags at you and you can't give up on this person even though you're like, they give me every reason to. Yeah. And so I'm really at this moment where I felt like like Martin Luther King, my back was up against the wall and I had to like come to terms with some things mm-hmm. about my faith. And one of them was the resurrection finally like hit mm. of Ryan Holiday wrote this book called The Obstacle is the Way. And in the book, he talks about how a lot of times the thing that we think is going to be a hurdle in our life mm-hmm. or where the defeat is, that's where the victory actually is. Mm-hmm. You have to go through defeat to get to the victory. Mm-hmm. And so like a good boxer, he's great when he's winning all the time, mm-hmm. but you'll really see how great he is when he loses. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, are you going to change up your technique? Are you going to... Mm-hmm. Are you going to learn from your mistakes? Are you going to be humbled and like come into it with a mm-hmm. just new perspective and all? And he kind of mirrored the resurrection to that. Of now, he's not a Christian, but he mirrored it to like for Christians, it is a really weird thing that we hold the cross as a decoration mm-hmm. everywhere we go. Sure, it's crazy that we we sing songs about the cross like this is a like a brutal way to die Mm -hmm. and yet we parade it around constantly but then we do that because that's where our victory is is Mm -hmm. the cross wasn't it it's Mm -hmm. what happened the three days after when Mm -hmm. Jesus raises from the dead and you realize like oh like everything this man has been saying comes i guess full circle it's exposed as true there's something to what he's been saying because it he's back yeah like a, a dead man is literally back mm-hmm. and there's even that like cool moment where thomas is like i need like my friends are crazy they're hallucinating mm-hmm. i need i would need jesus our rabbi who i watched die there's yeah. no way he did not die mm-hmm. I would need to see the scars and I would need to touch them. Yeah. And then well, a few days later or so, yeah. like Jesus comes and I, yeah. he meets Thomas where he's at. And it's just this, I don't know, this crazy moment where, I don't know, it's, I guess the, the only way I know how to say is like hope is around the corner. Mm-hmm. Of the resurrection really provides us hope even in the midst of a very dark time yeah. of like, we celebrate Easter with all these like very colorful oh, yeah. eggs and all. Mm-hmm. But like the actual Easter was so dark. Yeah. But then it's also the place where life comes. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going with that. No, I love your thought. No, no, I love, yeah, in the story of Thomas too, even, okay, he believes in a sense, I mean, we, we, we tag him, obviously, doubting Thomas or whatever, but if you actually go back and look, I mean, he's one of the disciples, like, yo, you know, when Lazarus is, is they know that he's dead, 
or they're going to a place where they know the persecution. Thomas like, okay, I guess we're going to die with Jesus. You know, so he's pretty <laughs> courageous. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, I love dude because it's like, okay, y'all saw him. I have to see him. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not just going to take your word. I need a person. And I just love in those stories of, you know, the, the resurrected Christ, like with Thomas. I mean, he's doubting. He's, you know, unknowns and just going through an emotional roller coaster in the last, you know, week and a half or whatever. And uh, Jesus meets him right there. Yeah. And he doesn't condemn him. He's like, hey, touch. Yeah. See, you know? It's like, I mean, you know, he doesn't drop the hammer on him. You know, like, how couldn't you believe? I was here. The other, you know, just knew. Da, da. Uh, same with Mary. You know, Mary's at the tomb. She's broken. She's hurt. She's lost Jesus. She's there. And she thinks that the resurrected Jesus is the gardener. They stole his body. And he calls her by name. I mean, it's just, it's how Jesus, like, always, like, it's just crazy to me. How he deals with people in their hurt, their doubt. Peter, who thinks he is completely blew it. I mean, you know, he's just done. Ministry's over, life's over, I screwed it up, da da da. And Jesus meets him, you know, and restores yeah. him. And so like in all those circumstances and so many more, you think about that. Like Jesus meets in a this myriad of emotions that are very dark. And he meets you there as the living hope that Peter says. But in how he responds to them is so compassionate. It's so merciful. You know, yeah. it's like, man, I've risen. I've been telling y'all at length that yeah. this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. None of you are here sitting by the tomb on Sunday morning with popcorn waiting on it to happen. Yeah. And yet, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. yet he, to every one of them, is so gracious. And I think that's just a beautiful picture of how he is with us, you know. So, like you said, with Martin Luther King Jr. or whether it's you or anyone else, man, like, there's going to be seasons in your life where you aren't going to have doubt. And it may not be the resurrection. Yours may be, you know, maybe something else. You know, I don't yeah. know, spiritual gifts or, or whatever you're kind of wrestling with. And I don't know. And I can't, can I really believe this? And and I, I, I think Jesus can sympathize with us, you know, because he, he knows that we're but flesh. He's not going to drop the hammer. Yeah. He wants to see you through that. And I think what you learned on the other side of that, is so huge mm -hmm. and not just this like you said epiphany of like okay i got although you know those moments most definitely happen i think it prepares you to how you deal with other people so i can deal with people like that like mm -hmm. jesus did with them yeah you know because i've struggled with doubt yeah and so you come at me with something i'll be like you know heretic blasphemy no. yeah, yeah we can talk through it you know what i mean and man I, I, let's let's wrestle with this together i mean know? that's crazy is uh because i was i was thinking about all the people who doubted the resurrection in the mm -hmm. bible and like the the corinthian church struggled with it too mm -hmm. which is crazy because we we don't ever say they're not a church anymore because they're struggling they don't know if they believe in the resurrection sure. but paul's like no your brother and sisters like this is a, a, a very important doctrine, but like come back to it. Mm -hmm. But then, like the ascension, where it says, uh, like Jesus uh, giving the great commission, yeah, and it describes the crowd. And it says, and there are some who doubted right before he gives it. Yeah, yeah, but like he's telling those people too, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing mm -hmm. them in the name of the Father, Son. Mm -hmm. He's giving them the same command as he is the believing followers. 
and it's this this hope of like Jesus he's not scared of your doubt yeah. he's not scared of yeah. like the resurrection is such a central like teaching in uh, the Christian church absolutely but also like it, it's like you said like Jesus isn't like looking at you when you're doubting it mm-hmm. or you go through a season where you're just like I don't really believe it mm-hmm. and he's like you heretic get out of here yeah he's like no like okay yeah like let's let's move through this. Like let's work yes. through it. Yeah. Let's let's tough it out. Let's yeah. walk through like that. Uh, what Paul does, and he mm-hmm. he just lays it out for him. He's like, this is why we believe it mm-hmm. because uh, there's eyewitnesses for it that you mm-hmm. can still go talk to. Yep. There's uh, it was prophesied about yep. countless times. Mm-hmm. So like the scriptures backing it up. Plus the people that you know seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Go ask. And <laughs> yeah. And then he starts talking about the actual power behind the resurrection mm-hmm. of this is the reason that we're not scared to die for this this mm-hmm. mission. Yeah. We're not scared to die in na- the name of this person. It's yeah. because we actually believe something happened. Yeah. I just like that's well, yeah. Well, and to to that point, like so the disciples, not just the the eleven plus the one, you know the 12 kind of thing the 120 you know their name in acts uh, one um this core group of believers right so even the disciples you think about it they the resurrection transformed everything i mean it radically transformed their lives individually right like oh, peter yeah. goes from a coward to this courageous proclaimer of the gospel paul even as one born later as they even say out of time from persecutor to preacher. I mean, you know, they, they radically transform. I mean, they ain't just like, oh, I'm, I'm laying down cigarettes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, life transformation. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, crazy. But it took the resurrection yeah. to radically transform their life. And what I mean by that is like, so, like, you got James and Jude, half-brothers of Jesus, didn't believe that he was the son of God until after his resurrection. That's why Paul names him specifically James in 1 Corinthians. Yeah. You know, Paul says, you know, to Timothy, hey man, y'all know I was a blasphemer. I thought he was a fake. I thought he was a phony. I was telling everybody else to come along. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until he met him. It radic but it took the resurrection. Yeah. You know, so again, all those prophecies that Jesus point to, you know, over and over again that we know is like, okay, yeah. And even him verbally telling them, this is what's going to happen, guys. And the closer you get to the cross, he, he's like even unpacking it more, like uh, suffer. You know, there, there's not just going to be, I'm going to die. Like this is going to be suffering, you know, false trial. I mean, he, he's preparing them, right? Mm-hmm. And still, until he was risen and they met the resurrected Lord, you know, they went back to doing what they were doing after he yeah. died on the cross. So, it, so the reason I bring that up, man, is, I, again, I think it's just the passion of our Lord. And I think it's the way we should look at uh, or you know, try to uh, with other people is it took this radical, physical, tangible Jesus eating with the disciples, answering their questions, being there, touched it, like, for them to believe and to know. Yeah. You know? Like, and so I don't beat people up when they, because, I mean, let's just... We be real. So much of what we believe is not just to the world, but we, like you said, we grow up with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so whether you're a believer, like I, I grew up in, you know, ch- going to church gatherings, although an unbeliever. So you, every Easter, you know what it's about, 
mm-hmm. in general sense, right? Like you know. And so it almost like, and you lose the awe of it because you're so enamored with it, you know? Yeah. Jesus rose from the dead. God speaks the world into existence. The virgin birth. I mean, you just go on and on. The miracles. God, by way of Holy Spirit, lives inside of it. We say it so much, we stop just being in awe and how crazy that sounds to the world. You worship a God that spoke the world into existence and yet lives inside of you. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it, it's, it is. And it yeah. should blow our minds. And, and It sounds as crazy as like when you hear someone say, yeah, the universe told me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's that level of crazy to people mm-hmm. who don't grow up. But it's so church. normative because we've just kind of been conditioned because mm-hmm. we grew up in that setting. Yeah. And we don't understand even the ramifications. And that's one of the things I'm always like with the resurrection, and it is the crux of our faith. You know, Paul says in that First Corinthians 15 mm-hmm. passage, it is of utmost importance. Yeah. The gospel, the good news, life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Um, but uh, I was just thinking how... Um, the cross, we do. You, you you mentioned earlier, like we celebrate the cross, and even at that, you know, the resurrection again validates everything that Jesus said, everything that Jesus did, who he was. Because if he is just a man that died on a cross and placed into him, he's dead, and something else happened to his body or whatever, he was a blasphemer. Yeah, you know, he was. Fa- and why should we believe anything he said, I- any of it? You know, but if it did happen then we have to believe everything, trust everything you say, and it changes everything. Yeah. You know, so it's it's, it's huge. But, um, yeah, the, I'm always amazed because even in Paul, like, yes, he is talking so that we, and the Scripture is pointing to, so that we can have confidence that it took place, mm-hmm. right? And so as believers, even we get defensive, I think, when people question anything we believe, but when it comes to like the resurrection specifically, you know, oh, well, y'all believe in this, you know, and they'll, you know, sometimes they'll give us some reasons why they don't or whatever, yeah, you know, which will come kind of be combative and come at them. Well, of course it wasn't, you know, him just, you know, uh, hallucination, you know, just massive hallucination. I mean, it's just crazy. to kind of, But they're trying to kind of figure out because again, something supernatural is what we're saying has taken place. Mm-hmm. So we get defensive about it instead of like why it matters that it happened, why it had to happen. Yeah. And the practical, because what's really cool is when you really read the New Testament, from Acts on, especially Paul's letters, when they're talking, when they're preaching, or Paul's talking about wrestling with sin, or you know these, these dynamics of division, he goes back to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's very practical. It's not just Easter Sunday practical. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... You need to understand no Holy Spirit. Well, if there's no resurrection, no Holy Spirit in you. You know, like, yeah. uh, you want to battle sin? Well, man, you got the power that raised Christ from the dead in you. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's why it matters. Of course, you know, all the others that you mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, we're still in our sins. You know, all of those things, our faith is futile, all that. But I think for a lot of people, before even to get into that, it's just understanding so much why it matters and how personal, powerful, most definitely it is, but practical. Yeah. Like you need the resurrection every day Yeah, as a believer. Thinking about it, it <coughs> I made that little uh, jab about how the Easter colors are so bright. And, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But then reality is, is I'm, I'm looking down and uh, one of the verses I have underlined is, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Yeah. And how it's this idea of before Jesus uh, does his work and he dies and he raises three days later, before he gives us his hope, like the world without Jesus is this pathway to destruction. It's that... Mm-hmm. We, we are living to die mm-hmm. uh, we're suffering and sometimes it feels like that's all we're here to do is suffer yeah. and like our body's just getting older there's all these wars happening around us there's death and decay and there's disease and it feels like that the world could be so hopeless mm-hmm. and even you, like you put in the context of like Paul mm-hmm. and the crap he's going through and you're like yeah, I don't know how you're not depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have beaten depression into you at this point. Like, it makes no sense why you're so hopeful. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back to the resurrection, and it's that, well, yeah, there's death all around me. There's death in front of me. But I always have this hope that there's something going to be birthed after that. Yes. That there's this life that's coming. Yes. And I think that that's, uh, I was listening to Joseph Solomon. He used to be a Bible teacher, speaker, um, poet, and he's walked away from the faith. Mm-hmm. And he just had an interview come out like a week or so ago, finally talking about what happened. Okay. He had no like ill will towards the church. He's just like, just, it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how one of the ways he was trying to like hold on to his faith was he was. He was just venturing out into all the different realms of Christianity there was mm-hmm. and just trying to find some version of Christianity he could hold on to. Mm-hmm. And because he's like, I, I love Jesus. I just, it's not making sense. Mm-hmm. One of the things he talked about was this, uh, they're like a liberal theologian and how in evolution or whatever, I'm probably going to butcher this, but there's this, Thing constantly going on in the universe of the life is coming mm-hmm. and how we believe God spoke life into existence but it's not like he just spoke life into existence and that's it mm-hmm. it's the stuff that the, the life he spoke out mm-hmm. produces more life mm-hmm. and the life just keeps like mm-hmm. stretching and it's kind of like that image we have of like a disease going through a body and it's okay. like spreading but it's life Mm-hmm. And how, I mean, you think about the impact Christianity has had on the world and how much it's spread. Like, I remember a few years ago holding the globe in my hand, and I'm trying to understand, like, the Middle Eastern context and all that stuff that the Bible's written in. And I'm, like, looking at it, I'm like, you can't even see Jerusalem on here. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the globe is that big. Mm-hmm. But this one little spot is, like, where this whole thing starts. Mm-hmm. This this one little area went to Africa. Yeah. And then it went to China and it's went to it's went across the seas mm-hmm. and it's completely changed the world and life has just spread. And there's like actual like good that's come from this little spot on the globe mm-hmm. that you can barely see. Yeah. And it's like like hospitals were created. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's mm-hmm. great. People uh, the early Christians, they would bury people. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, and it wasn't like a like we got a, 
uh, go and mourn for weeks on. It was like, we're going to go and celebrate this person's life. Yeah. We're going to give them the respect they deserve, and we're going to take care of the body. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't afford it. It's all good. We got it. Yeah. Like, even in, like, a funeral, like, they're speak, they're mm-hmm. celebrating life. Yeah. But then it just all goes back to the, the power of the resurrection of mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they really have a hope. Yeah. Well, and two, I mean, even people who, you know, are just historians, not necessarily Christian um, believers, but historians will look at how Christianity began and how quickly and powerfully expanded. So, I mean, just rapid, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is this complete explosion? Because again, like you said, a small little area, 120, even if you, you know, don't want to listen to the Bible uh, of these you know, faithful followers of Christ that are there waiting um, in between this death and resurrection. And then all of a sudden, boom, thousands mm-hmm. and then thousands. And then spreading, like you said, not just staying in one place, you know, just go, how, how did that happen? You know, yeah. I mean, because and then you, you, they would start comparing other religions and, oh, well, it's, well, they're just multiplying, meaning physically you know yeah. you're, you're kind of born into that or whatever no no this was something that was not that yeah anything so how did it happen why did it happen and so for us as believers it's like man, the resurrection that's it i mean they're just yeah. they've seen jesus alive and boom it's you know i gotta go tail i gotta go tail i gotta go tail and there's just that that um explosion uh, of, of multiplication of life transformation and just one telling another telling another and then spreading that mm-hmm. you know which is just beautiful um yeah you know one of the things i love and I, i'll butcher one for you if you butcher that one, <laughs> but I, I remember uh tim keller um I, I can't remember if i read it or maybe it was during a sermon i heard it but he was talking about how um, even his unbelieving friends, so in other words, our unbelieving friends, should want the resurrection to be true. The reason is, like, think of, okay, let's just take one topic, like social injustice. Right, so people who are radically, um, you know, their voice, you know, they're using different platforms to voice, you know, uh, all these injustices that are taking place and how it's wrong and why it's wrong. And he said, his point being, if the resurrection is true and Jesus then it validates who he is and all that he's done, then all wrongs will be made right. And that's what you want, right? Like you yeah. want the wrongs to be right. And where does that come from? And, and just you start breaking it down. Okay, well, that, you know, knowing right and wrong, even if we don't know it perfectly, we still there's something within us that knows right and wrong points to the existence of God. Yeah. Okay. So then the resurrection, keep pushing the resurrection for us understanding suffering, like you mentioned. Well, you can't stop at the cross. You got to go to the resurrection too, because the resurrection helps us understand the cross and how Jesus is suffering. And Hebrews says that it was for the joy of the cross. How is that joyful? Beaten, spit upon, hung on a cross, dying, unless there's a resurrection. You know what I mean? So it makes, it helps make sense of suffering. You know, not that, oh, it's just something on the other side, but while you're going through the suffering, there can actually be joy. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense apart from the cross and the resurrection. But to the Tim Keller, I always just think about that because uh, within, well, I, you know, even if it's okay, I just want, um, you know, we should be good stewards of the earth. Why is it that people 
most times, whether it's injustices or, or you know something like the environment, something like that, they're so they're 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 the ones, the voices out there. It's like this is you know this we should take care of the earth kind of thing. And yet, as believers, the resurrection, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we should be the loudest. And this is why. Mm-hmm. And that was his whole point of why they should want it to be true is because the things you're 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 cheerleading, you're you're voicing, man. The life, death, resurrection of Jesus makes it all make sense. Yeah. Those injustices will be judged. Yes. That he is restoring all things. And yes, we are stewards of this. You know, it just... It, yeah. And so for me, it's like, even for those who would doubt, there's certain times, again, I mean, I'm getting to the cross, man. I'm getting to the resurrection and sharing the gospel. So like I said, it's the crux of everything we believe. Mm-hmm. But start where people are in some of those things, in those areas. Yeah. And when they have doubts about it, understand. Just be sympathetic is what I'm saying. Jesus, a man, 33 years old, stripped, beaten, dying on. I mean, that that's, your, that's God in flesh. I mean, you know what I mean? Just yeah. understand their hesitancy to believe what we believe because, I mean, it's, it's huge, man. It's a backwards. It's it backwards. Is. Yeah. Of what? Uh, there's constantly that. Pointing out of, or is it the, the upside down kingdom? Is that the phrase? Yeah. Of so much of what Jesus is out preaching and teaching, it just doesn't. It's not. It's not what any of us would think would work when we're in, you know, elementary school and we're like observing everything. We're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to like in my weakness. That that's where I'm going to be strong. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we're in dodgeball and we're like, no, I need to like. Get some strength up and like pelt this kid in the face. <laughs> Drop him. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, all so much of Jesus' way about doing things was exactly the way we wouldn't think to do them. Of he, the first people he starts building his kingdom with is with the peasants, with the poor, the sick, mm-hmm. the homeless, like the, the bottom of the bottom. He doesn't go to the rich and like. Even like people thinking about like planning a church, like there's some church planning strategies. It's like go find some business partners to <laughs> find you. Money, yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Yes, like you you don't start don't do the home church thing. Go get some sponsors. Mm-hmm. Go build some like community support and get out there and like start off on top. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is like, no, I'm gonna start with people that like mm-hmm. they're not even named of in the Bible. Yeah, they're just yeah. these people. In need, they can't offer anything besides themselves, and themselves is sick and poor and lonely, all that stuff. But that Jesus, that's how he's going to build this kingdom that's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Or the, the uh, what is this? It's a servant uh, idea of it's better to serve than to be served. Mm-hmm. And so don't find the highest seat at the table where there's all mm-hmm. the honor and respect, which is where we all naturally want to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's our place. I obviously, like, it's a constant struggle. You're, especially growing up in church, like, mm-hmm. you love when the pastor gives you a shout out. You you love the recognition, like, when you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're at your job, you love when your boss comes down and is like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're the guy. <laughs> You you love the promotion, but then Jesus is like, yeah, don't, yeah, mm-hmm. like don't worry about that. Don't do it for the the honor or respect. Go to the bottom where no one is at, mm-hmm. and like clean the seats off for the people next to you, and like sit with 
the people who no one's even paying attention to. Yeah. Like be at the bottom of the table, mm-hmm. be like the least of these. And it's what there's a, the other story coming to my mind is the the lady who she she doesn't have a lot to give, but she mm-hmm. gives what she does she have, wants. and it's mm-hmm. yeah. Like he's like she's gonna be remembered. Yeah. And it's like really like what about the guy who's like funding this temple, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. What about the big church donor? And Jesus is like, no, it's going to be this lady who, mm-hmm. like, this is all she had. Yeah. Yeah, two pennies. And it's just like that constant theme coming up again and yeah. again of, I'm going to do exactly what you think I shouldn't do. Yeah. And I'm going to show you that this is actually the way to life. Yeah. And again, he doesn't just tell, he, he tells them, like you said, to do it this way. But that's also, he exemplified that. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. So he did that, and then he tells them, basically, you do likewise, man. Because, again, even and so much of it, when you understand that, you, then you read the scriptures, and it's not, okay, well, the, the upper class won't hear him, so therefore he's just going to the bottom. <laughs> no, no, no. He, I mean, that's what he's showing you. The Son of Man came not to be served, which he had and still had every right, yeah. but to serve, you know, kind of thing. But. He tells them, you do likewise, man. Go out when you have a feast, when you do this. Don't invite people that can pay you back. You know, just like business meetings today was the same even then. You met and ate with people. So I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, my kingdom's not that way. And my children are you're, you're not to act like the world in that sense. You go to people who can't pay you back. You go to people and love them, serve them with no intent of ever seeing them, receiving anything from them. And that's what he did for us. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what it is. And even like we've already, like when he exemplified that in choosing the disciples, and I just, it trips me out to think, man, he gets a zealot who has been basically uh, trained and conditioned to, you know, be completely against Rome, which would mean in part killing and hating tax collectors, and then he picks a tax collector, and they're gonna eat, <laughs> they're gonna serve, yeah. they're gonna sleep beside one another, and that's part. That's two of the twelve. It's just bananas. Like when you think yeah. about, like, can you just imagine, like Matthew's, like kind of looking over there, you know, kind of squinting during the night, and being like, I wonder if he wants to come over and you know cut my throat or something. Yeah, because that's that's who he was, and yet Jesus. <laughs> That's who he's building, like you said, his, you know, the foundation of the church yeah. on these outcast, overlooked, and apart from Jesus, had nothing in common yeah. for the most part, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I feel like the, the resurrection, like, for me, finally when I got to the point where I'm like, no, I... Like, I don't just believe this in, like, word. I believe this in my heart. Yeah. That's that moment where, like, it really changed things for me and my dad because then that's when I was like, I have no problem, like, looking at God and saying, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a, what is it, the genie in the bottle type scenario. It was like, no. Mm-hmm. He says he raises people from the dead, mm-hmm. and he did it for himself. Like, I want you to, like, bring my dad back. Yeah. Like I want you to help him overcome this addiction. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired of our family having to like suffer through mm-hmm. the pain that this addiction brings. You can do the impossible. That's what your Bible says. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting you to it. Yeah. And like that was the same time during. Uh, is it Caroline? The she was like really sick or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Of like, I'm, I'm looking at this kid and we're praying over it. I'm like, yo, it's, it's like, we should be like all morning, right? Like, this isn't a, people don't usually gather around mm-hmm. and still with happy faces are like, yo, we think God's actually going to do something. Like, most people are like, oh my God, the kid is really bad sick and like, this is bleak. Like, there's yeah. no hope. Yeah. This is dark. Yeah. Like it's a child. Like you should be angry. But instead, we're standing around praying for this little girl. And I'm like, there's a lot of hope in here. Mm-hmm. Like you guys aren't like throwing up a prayer to the ceiling just to like, yo, we gotta make like gotta keep the brand going. It's no, we actually believe this thing. Like mm-hmm. we're praying that God heals her of the sickness. Mm-hmm. So it just gives us this hope that like God can actually Whatever situation we're going through, we're like in First Corinthians fifteen, whatever or six, I don't know which one it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever sin you're struggling with, or obstacle that's gotten in your way, there's actually hope that you can overcome that. Like sometimes my critique of Christianity in the South was a lot growing up was, you know, y'all believe like a very depressing story. Mm-hmm. Like we lose in the end. Mm-hmm. Like y'all, y'all say like we win because we end up we're in it, we're gonna end up in heaven, but like, man, y'all are constantly talking about like the end of days and like how <laughs> things are just gonna get worse, mm-hmm. and we basically are all going like we might not all be going to literal hell, but like hell's gonna be on earth mm-hmm. before anyone gets sent to the actual hell. And I was always like, man, this is like a very not fun religion to be a part of, but then you think of the resurrection and you're like no if we actually believe like what you just said that it restores all things and it's the reason we get involved in social justice and we get involved in taking care of the planet or praying over uh the kids in our church family who get sick or coming to god because our dad has relapsed if we actually believe god's working all these things together for his will and he's he's he wants to restore it's not that he just he wills like a restoration somewhere mm-hmm. down in him, but like it's not actually happening. Like, no, he's like fighting for it. And it gives us this hope to like stop praying as if he's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, pray with the confidence that God hates sickness and death and disease and social injustice and all that stuff more than you do. Mm-hmm. And that he actually wants to do something about it way more than you do. And it's going to give you a confidence. And because you know he's raised from the dead, he's done the impossible, you walk out into a society that's like straight up giving up hope right now. And you're actually this person who's like a shining light. Mm-hmm. And you can be like that source of life that Christ gave us life by what he did. And that life, again, it's like the spreading of the disease, but it's a good disease. Of uh, It starts spreading and like it actually... It wakes people up. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I, th- I feel like we we're so down in the church, and I, I'm part of it. Of we can be so negative about the world we live in, and as if there's no hope, regardless of your end time theology. That if we don't actually, I feel like we depress ourselves sometimes when we're preaching. But if we really believe that Jesus is this way and the hope and the life mm-hmm. the truth 
then we should be probably like the more positive people in our circles. Yeah. Like yeah. we should be the people that are like yeah. constantly lifting yeah. others up. Yeah, and it, it's it's so I'm guilty. No, no, yeah. no, no, yeah, and and two, it's not naive positivity. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, ooh, everything's gonna work out. Like, no, we know because, and I love how you know you've said it over and over again too. And if somebody's like a First Peter, like three through uh, five, Peter talks about we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and he, and then he talks about us being kept. Um, so we're held by Him. So again, it's assurance, man. It's boldness. It's, it's a living hope. It's not just hope. It's, it's alive. And yeah. so it does spread. It does grow. You know, the closer you get to Christ, the more you walk with the Lord kind of thing, it will, it will grow. I mean, that's what it's supposed to multiply. I mean, that's what living things do. Organisms yeah. say multiply, they grow, uh, all those kind of things. But, yeah, not just the end. Because I think that's, again, this that, you know, it's been talked about a ton about just the in between. Like yeah. you know, so from now until I take my last breath or Jesus returns, like this is the this is the dash you know on the tombstone. This is your life, the in between. <laughs> yeah. And I just I worry, like you say, that we're again not naive to suffering. All of us suffer. All mm-hmm. of us deal with loss and betrayal and things. And then so for me, that makes me examine Jesus so much more and just God and understanding the Holy Spirit and what God is doing through that because again you don't see anybody in scripture even the son of God especially the son of God getting a pass yeah on any suffering not just the cross although of course that was the the, the apex of all suffering but being homeless being hungry being abandoned, being you know, betrayed by a friend, all of those things like he experienced. And that's not just, oh, it it happened. Oh, well, it just happened to him. I mean, it was like part of the plan that he knew was coming and yet he walked through it. So he understands what you're going through. And not from, uh, he read a book about it. Yeah. He walked it. <laughs> he experienced it to a level that you and I will never experience. And so, yeah, I'm just going to run to him with it, man. And, and even if you have the doubts or discouragement or if it moves to depression or whatever it is, during the suffering, during the pain, during the whatever these trials that you're going through, uh, he's there. I mean, he is right there. He's not left you, you know. And, and like you said, I love when you said that about, man, he's, he's not, you know, condemning or walking away from you because you had some doubts. Because when life gets tough, it's easy to doubt. Like, God, where are you? The disciples did it. Where are you? Don't you care, Jesus? You know, and he was right there the whole time. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Keep going. Yeah. All I, I was thinking, thinking about is that uh, Joseph Solomon was talking about how when he walked away from the faith, there's a ton of criticism. Yeah. And he was like, do you guys really think that saying... I'm a burn in hell is going to make me want to come back. Yeah. Like, he's like, I know why you say, like, you actually believe it, but like, yeah. Terrible marketing. Yeah. But then it made me think about, like, we don't have to respond to people in that way when they do fall into doubt or they walk away. Instead, we can. Jesus wants them back more than we do. Mm hmm. He wants that relationship with them more than we want that relationship for them, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. 
And if he's not responding that way, if he's not the first one in line to condemn them, then we definitely should not be. We should definitely be the ones standing behind him like, yeah, we're gonna we're ready to give you grace. Yeah. We're ready to like sit and have a conversation with you and actually still treat you like a human being, mm-hmm. even though you're going through this season that's or you've completely just walked away. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, too, we all know people who've done it. Yeah. More than likely. You know someone within your sphere of, you know, life or, you know, just area or whatever that has. They they were on fire for the Lord and poof, they're gone. You know, they're kind of walking a different path or whatever. Maybe some publicly denying some stuff that they once believed, you know, kind of thing. And I think, again, it's just one of those gracious things like, whether it's Peter or whomever, like, I, God's not giving up on them. I'm not. You know what I mean? So, yes, you can speak truth into that and, and have some, you know, uh, hopefully difficult conversations because you are having conversations with them. But, man, be praying for them like you would somebody who never, ever, you know, they were, they were completely anti-God their entire life, and yet yeah. you're begging God to save them. And so whether they're not saved or they just, you know, Fallen or, or whatever it is, kind of thing, man. I'm praying that God will restore, and I'm not giving up on them. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I, I just think we're so quick, kind of just wash our hands of people, and I think it's even maybe quicker when it's been someone who has been um, walking with the Lord, especially like a, a public, you know, yeah. someone that is, you know, they were a pastor of a mega church or whatever it is, and you know they they've fallen into sin or whatever it is. Now they're denouncing, and it's just like boom, we just giving up on them. Like a Rob Bell or somebody, man, we're just heretic, blasphemer. God's, you know, they're going to hell. Yeah. Well, can God not restore him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and am I not just begging God to move in his heart? And you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It could be even like just putting little pieces together at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I know sometimes there's been like the instance where you you see someone who has like an inkling of Christianity in them mm-hmm. but then they're like the rest of their life it looks godless in our eyes and we're looking and we're like how dare you like have even an inkling of Christianity in you mm-hmm. like that's so uh, disrespectful to our religion and all that stuff but then it's like no like that inkling mm-hmm. could grow oh yeah like it's we all had that inkling at some like we all had that there's these little things uh, along the way, little road signs pointing us to follow Jesus at some point. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like there's, it was like my entire little middle school three years where God is putting these little things in place, like pointing me to Jesus. And at the same time, I look like I'm the farthest away from him because by about the end of those three years, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't think I believe in God. Mm-hmm. I think it's all sham. I hate going to church. These people suck. And it's like right there where it looks like there's all hope lost for Austin. Mm-hmm. That's where he sends Kobe Tomlinson and Kobe Tomlinson's like, hey, let's go get mm-hmm. let's go get bits. Mm-hmm. Let's go get Subway. Mm-hmm. Let's do that weekly. You know, let's read a Bible book, uh, book in the Bible together. Mm-hmm. And it's those little like things that, I don't know, it completely turned the whole train around. I don't know. I don't know what I was going with that. That's awesome, though, man. That's a great testimony. Yeah, I just think, you know, I think getting kind of back to just the resurrection, but any major doctrine in Scripture, or just, you know, 
questions people have. Don't don't give up on them. Don't be not be compassionate to them because they have doubts. They have questions. Yeah. Like, how dare you question? How dare you think that it could possibly be this? Like just meet them where they are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like walk through, wrestle with. I mean, again, I guarantee you. Like, dude, I've been walking with the Lord for you know twenty plus years now, and there have been some things in my initial what I was kind of brought up, and and so belief, and again, it wasn't you know doctrinally kind of thing, major things, you know, mm-hmm. life, death, resurrection, Jesus kind of deal. But I mean, there's been things over the course of my life where. And God's kind of shown me some things. I've experienced some things. I've, I've kind of learned some things in Scripture. You know, I talked this past Sunday about just, you know, flexibility. You yeah. know, like being the elasticity, if you will, of your heart and mind to, and again, it's not expanding to, you know, okay, know all things or whatever. But it's just like, I want those questions. I'm not offended by them like I used to be. Mm-hmm. Like somehow it was almost offensive. Like how dare you to Christianity? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if God's not offended, why am I like so? You know what I mean? Like, it hurts my heart sometimes when they because stuff kind of beneath the surface you hear to why they're asking that question, mm-hmm. but you're not going to realize what that beneath the surface is unless you have a conversation and build relationship and don't just drop the hammer on them at the initial. You know, like okay, why do you believe that? And start walking through some of that. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of get to what the real issue is. Yeah, you know? I think I know for me. A lot of times when I've been the most offensive, as when I'm the least confident. Uh-huh. And it's, I'm so defensive because I don't want you to, I'm scared that whatever you're going to say is going to completely wipe away my faith. Uh-huh. And so I got to like put the walls up, I got to put some cannons <laughs> out, and I got to go to war because yeah. the reality is that my faith isn't as strong as it I thought I, was, I projected it to be. Yeah. But then that's like, that moment where you should actually be like thankful for it because then even listening to that Joseph Solomon he's talking with a pastor mm-hmm. and the pastor he's like the nicest guy he doesn't try to convert him at all he's not defensive like at one point Joseph's like yeah I kind of think Christianity's a little oppressive mm-hmm. not in like the way we probably are thinking of when you hear that term but like uh he said it was oppressive, and the guy was like, "Huh? Well, so like, why?" Yeah. And Joseph explains, and he's like, "I mean, that yeah, I I would agree with that, but mm-hmm. I, th- I would think of it like this." Mm-hmm. And they have this beautiful conversation the whole time. The guy is showing that like, if you really believe what you say you believe about Jesus and the re- all that stuff, then when you hear something contrary to it, mm-hmm. and it rattles you a little bit. That might be a time, a uh, place that you could go deeper at. Yeah, and it might be a place where you go closer to God at, mm-hmm. because then you're like, God's apparently missing in this area of my life, mm-hmm. and I need Him to speak some life here. And maybe you got some things wrong. Maybe you got some things right. Maybe you just need to build on something. I don't know what it is, but I know for me, that's been that was the thing with the resurrection. It's like, at the end of the day, it didn't. That doctrine didn't seem to have the effect on my life that it had on other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my back's up against the wall that I realized yeah. there's I need to focus in on this area. Mm-hmm. And there's been countless areas, it feels like, <laughs> where God has had to do that, where he's 
had to show me something that I thought I believed was true. Mm-hmm. And he's had to take me deeper by showing me that I don't actually believe it as much as I say I do. Mm-hmm. And it's this, it's a journey. So that, I don't know, that's one of the things I've like been kind of accepting more lately is have a sigh of relief that you don't have everything figured out. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you doubt. And it's okay if you're listening to your friend who's doubting or walked away and it kind of rattles you in your faith. It's okay because God is, like the whole story of the Bible is about him taking a whole group of people through a journey to the Messiah and then ultimately to the new kingdom like fully realized. Mm -hmm. And so your life is probably not going to be just this straight line. It's going to have some ups and downs and some valleys and some mountains. And that's okay. Like you can like have a sigh of relief and be like, yeah, I don't have it all figured out. Let me like breathe in this doubt for a minute and then like let's see what God's going to do with it. Mm-hmm.